Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, that's where we'll be reading from this morning. If you could go ahead and to verse 19, verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Let me begin reading. So then, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy, holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you as the cornerstone of our lives. And we talked about that last February. Lord, today we acknowledge you as the cornerstone of the church. And so Lord, we recognize you as the one building the church, as the one growing the church, as the one adding people, Lord, into your, into your household. And we thank you because you've brought us in. Lord, before we were strangers and aliens and we were outsiders. But Lord, you've brought us into your family. And so we're grateful. Lord, allow us the, this morning that as we hear from your word, that we recognize who we are and who the church is. So that we may live out who you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. That passage we just read, you know, as we talk about the idea of being stable and sure, we recognize that because Jesus is the cornerstone, He's the foundation and He's the cornerstone, because of that our lives can be stable and sure. If you remember, I asked that question, I think, last February. Kumusta ka ba? How close are you to your breaking point? Usually, meron tayong ganun lang eh. May hangganan ang kakayahan mo. And we pray that and we're hoping that as we build our lives on Jesus and around Jesus, Him being the foundation and the cornerstone of our lives, then our lives will be stable and sure. Now, we'd like to be able to see the same thing for the church. Because us together as a body, pag pinagsama-sama tayo, the Lord called us together as the church. And the church, as far as the church is concerned, Jesus is also the foundation and the cornerstone. And we would like, as the church, to build on Him and around Him. That everything we do together in the church is something that's aligned to who Jesus is and what He called us to be. Now, as we talk about this passage, you're going to recognize yourself in the Scripture. Marirecognize, Uy, teka lang, ako yan na. Uy, tama, kami pala yan. Tas mahalaga po yun. It's important to be able to see yourself in the Word because as we talk about who the believers are and who the church is, then pag na-recognize natin na, ah, ito pala tayo, then when that is clear, then hopefully we'll be able to live that out. Does that make sense? We cannot live out who we are and who the church is called to be if in the first place we do not understand who we are and who we are called to. To be. So we're excited to jump into that passage. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. Now, just a quick background on this chapter. This is what happened so far. Ephesians is one of Paul's joyous or most joyous letters. Uh, he's celebrating with a church in Ephesus. Uh, we talked about uh, Timothy last week, right? Timothy is now the pastor of Ephesus. 
and uh, he's the one leading the church. And Paul was saying, you know what? The salvation that we have in Christ, it's amazing. You probably read that in the earlier part of the chapter. It talks about us being dead in our transgression and sin in Christ. And yet, God made us alive. And we are now saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one could boast. And yet, the Lord, we are God's workmanship. And the Lord has prepared many good things or good works for us for the rest of our lives. So that's where Ephesians 2 is coming from. And then, Paul would now talk to the Jews and the Gentiles. Sabi niya, uh, Jews and Gentiles, God has already divided the dividing wall. I, God has already destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. You are now one. Now that you're together in the church, you are now one. And so he comes to the point and talks to the Gentiles and say, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. Now, in the next two weeks, as we talk about the idea that Jesus is the foundation and the cornerstone of the church, today we're talking about the household of God. We're going to talk about ourselves in light of family words, in light of who God has brought us or how God has brought us together. So allow me now to, you know, I just I wanted to ask this question at the beginning. Um, how did God add you to this local church? I'd like for you to begin to think about that for a moment. Paano ka nga ba napunta rito sa Victory Santa Rosa? Because God has called us to be part of the universal church. That's the big church all across the world in this time and even throughout past history. Even throughout past history, that's the universal church. But God also called you to be part of a local church. That's you and me here. Paano ka nga ba dinagdag ni Lord dito? Because it is the Lord who adds. It is the Lord who brings you. It's not us, you look over in, it's, you know, church is not like online shopping. <laughs> you take a look, oh, alin ba rito may pinakamagandang website? Ang pinaka-cute ang mga, ano, ang mga worship leader. Pinaka-gwapo ang mga pastor. Alin dito ang pinaka-maganda ang center? Alin dito ang pinaka-malamig? Yan. So, we don't shop for churches like that. God adds you. How did, I add you to, how did God add you to the local church, to this local church? And how has your life been so far? I hope that the church, in many ways, has helped the transformation in your life. I hope that you being added to the local church, you've experienced a lot of the blessings and the things that come from God. In fact, uh, a quick story, you know, um, a quick story. This is, I was added to the church in 1991. <laughs> this was in Victory U-Belt. I, I don't even know if that's clear enough. It's too small. But I'd be the guy on your right, the rightmost, the guy in blue. I was in high school at that time. And this was our small group. Ayos, di ba? So, I, I, I stayed in Victory U-Belt for around uh, five years. And then the church in Victory Taft was planted. So, I was added to Victory Taft because that's where I went to school, that area. So, we began to help. Ito po yung itsura namin sa Youth on Fire, sorry. Youth on Fire pa, no? Yun yung itsura namin nung panahon na yun. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yun po yung Every Nation Campus oh, ngayon. Yes. So that was us in the cal in the college at that time. I be the one at the leftmost. Nakita niyo ba itsura ng mga sobrang payat yung haanginin yon kapag uh, yam kapag malakas lakas ang bagyo. And then after six years of serving with Victory uh, with Victory Taft, we were sent on a church plant, but then eventually rerouted to serve in Victory Imus. Naman, this was in Imus. This was in Cavite. So we grew with the church. You know, when we went there, it was only around 160, 180 people. And then the church continued to grow. And we had a chance to serve there for a dozen years. One of our best memories, our three children 
three latter children were all born in Imus, in the same hospital, the same floor, the same room, the same bed. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, with the same OB. Okay, so um, that the Lord has established us and rooted us there, and that's a big part of our family history. And then in 2015, God added us to the Victory Provincial Churches team. So this eventually, and you know, as I grew with the church, as I began to learn, I remember when I was first in high school, they taught me how to study well, to be inspired, to honor God with my studies. And then as I grew along to become a single professional, they taught me how to be a professional, how to be excellent at work. At kung papaano, eventually, mag-approach ng relationships. Even before I became, uh, I got married, they trained me to already be a better, a good husband and a good father. That was part of the training within the local church. It's amazing. And then eventually when I did get married, they helped us, you know, in community to be with the whole church, to grow with the church. And they continued to help us grow, you know, in our own marriage and in the way we raised our children. Thus eventually, they helped us grow in leadership. Nakakatuwa yung church. Super damning benefits. <laughs> well, we're not here in the church for the benefits, right? It's just part of the package. But we're here in the church, as we shall discover uh, later, for an even bigger purpose. Not just for the things that the church would be able to do for you and for your family, but for what God called you in terms of being a part of the local church. Now that Victory Provincial Churches, uh, we served there for around seven years. Almost seven years. And it's, an, it's been an amazing journey to be able to serve with these different regional leaders from all across the Philippines. And we were based in Victory Fort. At nung nasa Victory Fort po kami, uh, ito yung itsura na namin. Small group, leadership group, it's our own community within the local church. That's a picture of my history for the past 31 years. <laughs> okay, in a local church and how the Lord, I, I owe my life in many ways to God adding me to a local church and me growing in it. What's your story? What's your own experience? Now I know some of you might be saying, actually yung church, nalulungkot ako kasi meron ako mga ilang hindi masyadong magandang experiences sa church. Inutangan ako tsaka hindi na binayaran. Okay? Well, totoo yan. Nangyayari nga rin yan. Pero wag naman nating sabihin na yun kasi yung ginawa ng church sa akin. Yung nang ginawa ng tao sa'yo. Pero as far as the church is concerned, as far as the church is concerned, it is Jesus who builds His church. He is the head of His church and He is sovereign over His church. Now, it just so happened that the people in the church like you and me, yeah, we're imperfect and we're still growing. And we hope that we could stay long enough together in church for us to be able to grow together and grow through our mistakes, grow through our immaturities, and go, grow through our, um, our, I'm sorry, our relational issues. I'm praying that for you and me. Let's go back to the passage. In verse 19, what we're going to do in the next four verses is that we're going to discover who the believers are and who the church is. Who the believers are, tayo, you and me, and then who the church is. In verse 19, it says there, So then, you are no longer foreigners, so you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. When Paul was talking to the Gentiles, of course they were strangers. Of course they were, they were aliens. The, the definition is, you live nearby, but you don't have the rights of citizenship. You live nearby, but you don't have the rights of citizenship. And we, have, we know people like that. They, for example, immigrants in a nation. 
Uh, they're just applying for their green card. They don't have that yet. They would may have, It might take them five, six years, sometimes even eight, ten years before they eventually become a citizen of that particular nation. But while they're in that nation, they experience the benefits. So the Gentiles, they get to experience, or, so they get to experience the benefits of the nation, but not yet the full rights of citizenship. Now, in the day of the Old Testament, there were people from other nations who lived with the Jews. They were Gentiles, strangers, aliens. They lived with the Jews, pero alam nila, they're second class. They're not the same as the rest of the Jews. In the New Testament, they are what they call, um, they're so-called God-fearers. God-fearers are Gentiles who also honor and worship Yahweh. And then they would come during the festivals to Jerusalem and also worship there. But they would be at the outermost court of the temple. And then they'd be able to worship only from afar. And then Paul is saying now, you are no longer strangers and aliens. I like to say this to us. Some of us feel that when we come to God in worship. You feel like, Lord, I'm not so confident to approach you. I feel like I am not worthy. Now, I have news for you, my friend. Of course, you're not worthy. We will never be worthy. But by virtue of what Jesus has done, and the blood of Jesus that covers you, and the cross of Christ that has paid the penalty for your sins, and you believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, in this moment, and that moment, your sins have been forgiven. And because you've been brought into the family of God, you are no longer a stranger. Hindi ka na others. You are no longer an alien. And because of that, you can actually approach freely as well. It says there, you are fellow citizens with the saints. Now, the, the saints, that word saint, it throws me off. Because I, I know saints. I mean, saints are holy ones. That's what it literally means. Holy ones. These are the people who like lived their life for God perfectly and then they're dead. Yeah, that, that's what we know about them, right? But interestingly, when you read Paul's letters, he would talk to the church and say, to the saints in Colossae, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints in Ephesus. So apparently the word saint in their day was applied to living people. People who are actually part of the church. And apparently, the people who are part of the church, they are already called saints. What happened there? That is the holiness that has been given to you by Christ by virtue of you believing in Him. That's the same righteousness that you already now have in Christ as God the Father looks at you because you have put your faith in Him. If I may look at all of you right here, right now, for those of us who have believed in the gospel, the technical word they use it is that the righteousness of God has been imputed to you, attached to you, covered you. You are now hidden with Christ in God. Such that when God looks at you, He sees the perfect holiness of Jesus on your life, covering you, covering your family. That is why you're one of those holy ones. You're one of those saints. I'd like to let that settle in for a moment. Do you really actually firmly believe that? How will that change the way you approach God in worship? Yeah, I know. You know, my performance this week as a Christian has been, oh man, has been spotty at best. 
Lord, hindi ako nakapagbasa ng Bible masyado, hindi ako nakapag-pray, nasigawan ko yung anak ko, nasigawan ko yung asawa ko, ah, theoretical po ito lahat. Okay, I'm just describing. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that for, for my family. Uh, and, you know, Lord, uh, ano ba to? Lord, sinipa ko yung aso namin. Uh, you know, I, I did all of that. Oh, Lord. I, uh, and now I'm in church and I feel so bad about all those things that happened this week. In that moment, in this moment, right here. Come to God in humility. Receive His forgiveness and the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your life. Then worship Him freely. You are a saint. You're part of the church. You're a holy one. You've received the righteousness and the holiness of God. Now, I know, parang andating, what, what, what is that? How? There's huge implications of being a saint. It means that you can approach God. When you pray, your prayers avail much. It means that when you pray, when you, when you talk to God, your words get to God. It, it reaches God. You're one of His holy ones. There is no barrier no longer between you and God. When you read the Bible, you can understand it because you're a saint. The Holy Spirit envelopes you and is in you. And you can understand because the author of the scripture itself is in you. There is no barrier between you and God. You're no longer a stranger, no longer an alien. You're a fellow citizen with the saints with the full rights of citizenship. There are nations in the world that you'd like to be a citizen of kasi ano, antindi nung kanilang medical insurance. <laughs> you know, they have great medical coverage, they have great governments, they have great infrastructures, they have great systems, and whoa, you really would like full rights of citizenship in that nation. Let me, say, let me tell you this. You are now part of the kingdom of God. And the rights of citizenship, not because you earned it, not because you're good, not because you're able, but it has been given to you by grace through faith because of Jesus Christ. You now have full rights of citizenship in heaven, in the kingdom of God. At some point, when Jesus was being... Uh, oppressed or rather surrounded by the soldiers at the Garden of Gethsemane, he told Peter, did you know that I could get, you know, I could pray right now and the Father would send legions of angels right here, right now at my disposal. That's what he said. Because that was his right, being part of the kingdom of God. Did you know? Now, I, I probably won't go so far as to say that for you, but did you know that that is where you stand as well? In the scriptures, it says you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That should count for something, right? You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. It means that when you pray, the resources of heaven are at your disposal. You can send it here. You can send it there. You can release healing. You can release provision. You can release the work of the Spirit on a person's life, on a family. You can pray for the nations and the Lord will listen to your prayer because you have the full rights of citizenship in the kingdom of God. Kasama po yun sa implications nitong binasa natin na to just now. It's amazing how what God has opened up for us now that we're already part of the church. It says there further, and we are members of the household of God. Now, this is my favorite part. Now, as if being uh, having the full rights of citizenship you know, in the kingdom is not enough, God called me to be part of His family. Family, come on. I'm part of his household. I'm a member of the household of God. You know, binigyan ka ni Lord ng apelido niya. That's what that means, you know. When you visit a house, you know, if you're a guest, you'd, uh, you, you'll, you'll ask permission. So I'll, I'll leave my, my uh, shoes outside, you know, uh, and then you'll probably get slippers and then, uh, okay lang po bang maupo rito? And then you'll, you'll sit there. Uh, yeah, oh, 
medyo nauhaw lang po ako. Um, could I ask for water? Oh, sure, 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 water, water. Uh, they'll give you water while you're just seated at the sofa. And then, uh, um, you know, the, the TV is off. Um, I wanted to watch the news. Is it okay if I can borrow the remote? Is it okay? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Sige, sige, maupo ka manood ka ng TV. No problem. Yan. That's, what a guest, that's what a guest would do when you enter a home, right? But if you're a son, it's an altogether different thing. You enter the house, it is yours. You bring in your shoes, even to the bedroom. You throw your stuff all across the floor, and it's just scattered all over. You ransack the ref every day and bring out every drink, anything that's in there. You watch the TV without asking for permission. And you just eat whatever. You're, you're relaxed. That's your house. I, I'm not promoting uh, entitlement, okay? As a child in the home, maghugas ka rin ng pinggan, maglinis ka ng kwarto mo, ayusin mo, ayan, and so on. But it's a different thing altogether because you're a son. It's not because you're familiar, but because you know you belong. And this is the house of my father. And I don't, you know, I, as far as the resources of this house, I have access to it. And for those of you in dry, you know, who, who already, who've been assigned a car, you actually have a car. You're of age, you can drive, you have the key, you have a car. I mean, whoa, you don't even need to ask permission. You've been given a car, you can. I'm a member of the household of God. I have a relationship with the father. I'm a part owner of the house. This is mine too. I'm comfortable in my home. I am not, uh, I, I, I am not walking on eggshells in relation to my father if he is pleased with me. No, he is. Your father is pleased with you again by virtue of the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your life. You know, not thinking about the, the performance side of Christianity because sometimes that, that, you know, we're filled with condemnation when we feel like we have not met the standard. What standard are you talking about? This is relationship. You relate with your father. Now, if there is sin in your life, ask for forgiveness, receive forgiveness, and once again, relate with the father because he is your father. He is yours. Enjoy the full rights of citizenship in the kingdom of God and your full membership in God's household. God's household. Amazing. That's who we are. That's who God called us to be. Just a quick review. Who we are as believers is that we are no longer strangers and aliens. We're now fellow citizens with the saints and we are members of God's household. Whoa! Lord, salamat po na marami. God, salamat na marami. Thank you so much, Lord, for making me this. And have you ever gone to a party and, you know, you feel uncomfortable because no one's talking to you? You don't know anyone and you don't even know if you belong. There never is a day, never is a Sunday, never is a day in your life that when you come here to church that you should feel that you do not belong. Oh, yes, you do. The person beside you, however, whether you like it or not, is your sister, is your brother. <laughs> Ganun talaga. Okay. Yes, and we are with each other. God called us to be together. No longer strangers, no longer aliens, fellow citizens, uh, fellow citizens with the full rights of citizenship, members of God's household. Now let's talk about the church. The church, it says, there is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone. Now, 
When he says apostles and prophets, we understand that the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. But you know who digs the foundation? <laughs> who digs the soil so that the foundation could be laid? Those were the apostles and the prophets. <laughs> so and if you remember Acts chapter 2, it says there, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So it was the apostles and the prophets of those early days that sort of dug the soil in terms of laying down the foundations that Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church. Pastor Save sent this to me yesterday, okay? Para dun sa mga tao na nagbibuild ng foundation. And that's, this is interesting. Yan. Hindi raw lahat ng pinagpala ay masaya. Tama nga naman. Oo, yeah. Hindi lahat ng pinagpala ay masaya. Nag-isip kayo rin ah. Yeah, you're right. That, that came from Pastor Save. I, I like that. So I, I put that there. Anyway, Jesus himself is the foundation. He is also the chief cornerstone. Think about that for a moment. Now, if you remember this picture that I showed you last February, the idea of the cornerstone is that it is the first stone laid atop, you know, yung atop the ground. It's what you see. It's built on the foundation. It's also the first stone laid. And then every other stone is built in reference, is laid in reference to it. So it has to be straight, well cut. It also has to be strong because every other stone, it will carry the weight of the whole structure as well. Which is now, if Jesus is the cornerstone, then the church is stable and sure. The church is stable because He is the one who carries the weight of the church. The, the needs, for example, of this facility, the needs of our facility in Robinsons, the, you know, the, the provision that's needed for the outreaches and every other thing that we do in the local church, the Lord, it is built on Jesus Christ. He is the one who will sustain that. And we should align our lives to Him. We should align our lives. The church aligns itself, herself, to Him. Every year we seek God together, the pastors. Every year we seek God together just in a season of planning and asking God. Itong season na ng prayer and fasting, we're gonna do that again. We're gonna pray together. The pastors and the leaders and the staff of the church, we're gonna pray together. The rest of us, we're inviting you to participate. Because aside from you praying for your family, pray for the church. Pray for Victory Santa Rosa, that God would lead us, that God would give us wisdom, that God would make us even more effective in our outreaches to the neighboring communities, that God would open doors for us in this city, that God would enable us to plant churches all around and even send missionaries to the nations. Pray for the church because Jesus is the cornerstone. Everything is built on Him and aligned to Him. Not just your life, but the whole direction of the church as well. Further, it says there, in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The church is not only the household of God, it is also the temple. It's also a temple in the Lord. Now, quick history, if you remember, the very first one was Moses' tabernacle. It was not yet a temple. The temple, the very first one, was Solomon's. And then when that temple was destroyed, when they were destroyed by the Babylonians, eventually after the exile, another temple was built. This one, this time by Zerubbabel. If you remember that phrase, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God was talking to Zerubbabel to be able to build that temple. That temple again was destroyed. Another one was rebuilt, this time in the time of Herod. And that was also destroyed when, uh, when the Romans overran Jerusalem. In our present day, what is the temple? Where is the temple? It is you and me connected together as the whole church 
We are the temple. Individually, the Holy Spirit is in us. Together, together, we are being joined together to become a holy temple in the Lord. What do you do in, what do you do in the temple? The temple is a place of worship. The temple is the place of service. People serve in the temple. The temple is also the representation of God's presence that sets apart Israel from the rest of the other nations, which is why they would say, the Holy One of Israel dwells in her midst. The Holy One of Israel. So here we are, together the Lord has made us to be distinct from the rest of the world. But God is also, in Isaiah chapter 2, talks about the world coming to the temple. And that from the temple, the word of God will go to the nations. And coming from the temple, the leadership of God and the peace of God and the justice of God will go to the nations. God has also called us as the temple to be a house of prayer for all the nations. And daminon, all of that contained in the idea of being a holy temple in the Lord. God called us to be that together. Finally, in verse 22, in Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God. Now, this is the most wonderful thing, to be a dwelling place for God. You remember, you remember Moses when they were about to leave the wilderness and go to the promised land, you know, and, and God told them, you know what, Moses, I'll just send an angel to be with you guys. And then Moses' prayer was, Lord, if you will not come with us, don't send us from here. God, we want your presence. And you would see in the Old Testament, People seeking God's presence, wanting God's presence as if there's nothing like it, which is true. Nothing like it. You see Elijah stepping out on the ridge of that mountain and then listening to God and him hearing the gentle whisper and experiencing the presence of God. You, he, you see David, you know, writing the Psalms all about desiring more of God's presence, seeing God's face. And that, that whole idea of desiring the presence of God to dwell with his people has been a part of the Old Testament and now fulfilled in the New Testament. That now, Emmanuel, God in you dwells in you and together we are the dwelling place of God together as the church we're being built together quick summary of what the church is we're the household of God a holy temple in the Lord and we are the dwelling place for God now the implications being this invest in this now I know we're part of the church Victory Santa Rosa it has two locations monochrome and novali, but you are a part of this particular service. In fact, part of our encouragement is begin to connect here. Begin to build here. Regularly come at this particular service so that you could also regularly serve in this service. Because as far as what, what God called you to be, us as the church, we're called to be this, the household of God, this, the holy temple in the Lord, this, the holy dwelling or the dwelling for God. God called us together in this way. You know what? The scripture is not yet done. And let me try to be able to wind, wind down here. In light of who the church is and in light of who the believers are, God's not yet done in describe, describing us. He talks about two operative words that I think are powerful. It says there that we are joined together and then that we are built together. Joined together, built together. Joined together. Joining is relational connection. Building is God strengthening our connections such that we could carry weight 
so that we could carry weight. Our encouragement, maraming marami po tayong mga victory groups that happen all throughout the week. We would like for you to be able to connect to a group of friends. I don't know how you call it. Tropa, squad, dabarkads, grupo mo, kung ano man yung tawag mo. However you like to call it, but that's designed to be like a smaller group of people to whom you could connect with aside from or beyond the Sunday service like this so that you could walk with them relationally. They could pray for you. We can pray for all of you here, but in the context of a victory group or a small group, that's an opportunity for you to be able to be relationally connected with us and then where people could stand with you in your own walk with God. If you are still looking for a victory group, do approach any of us, our pastors and leaders here in front. We would love to be able to connect you to some of our group leaders. But in addition to that, God has called you to build with us. Now that's another thing altogether. God has called you to build with us. What does that mean? God has, not only, God, God has not only wanted you to be relationally connected, but God wants you to actually build towards the mission of the church, which is to honor God and to make disciples. So go ahead. Be the representation of honoring God in your family, in your community. Go ahead. Let God use you to make disciples in your family, in your community. Volunteer in church, in the kids' church, in our music team, in the ushering team, in our prayer team, in our technical stage management team. We have so many places where you could build with us. And we're excited to, to, uh, to, to tell you that by August, as Pastor Ian has mentioned, we're going to start an afternoon service. We're excited for that. But you know what we need? Volunteers. Lots of volunteers for that whole service because that's, that's going to be a whole new thing like this one. And we will need a new set of kids volunteers, a new set of music team people, a new set of technical stage management team, a new set of ushers who will be able to help us to be able to take care or not take care, to be able to reach the people whom God will bring through those doors. God has called you to be joined together with the church and God has called you to build together with the church. One final note. I like this part of the passage. So if you could kindly skip to, um, to two slides down. It says there in verse 22, In Him, you also are being built together. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let me just show you a quick picture. There. This is called the sequoia tree. and I, I might have shown this already. They grow to around 27 floors in height. 270 plus feet. That's amazing, right? But did you know that the root systems are only three to six feet deep? So shallow. But how can they grow so tall? Because the roots are so interconnected such that they strengthen each other. You know what? Your foundations, you're still growing in it. But you can be interconnected with the church. And because of that, God can grow you. Grow your leadership, grow your influence, grow your impact in the world. As long as you are able to stay connected in that way and you're able to build together with us. The pictures that I showed you a while ago, there's a group in there that we've walked with, my wife and I, we've walked with for around 25 years already. They would be the ones from Victory Taft. We grew up with them, we became pastors alongside them, and now we have our families together. We've been walking the past 25 years and until today, until today, God has joined us to them and we're still building with them. They're part of the church that God called us to be with. Now, one final description of the church. It says there in verse 22, In Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God 
by the Spirit. Did you catch that? In Him, for God, by the Spirit. That's the Trinity right there. The church is in Him. The church was birthed in Jesus. But it is for God, for the Father, and it is by the Spirit. In fact, life is like that. Everything in life is like that. It's in Him, for God, and by the Spirit. Salvation is in Jesus, for the Father, and it is by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit applies salvation in your life. All your, purpo your purposes in life, it is in Christ. You should find it in Christ. It is for God, and it can only be accomplished by the Spirit. The church, the church is in Him, in Christ. It is for the Father. It can only happen. We can only be joined together. We can only be built together only by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. So that brings us to that comprehensive definition of the church. We are the household of God. We are a dwelling place in the Lord. And we are, a, uh, sorry, a, a holy temple in the Lord. And we are a dwelling place for God. And all of that happens in Christ for the Father and by the Spirit. I had a chance. I'm new in church. I'm new here. It's just been three months. We had a chance to go out with the staff. I think this was less than a month ago. And I'm looking forward to be able to build with them. In the past three months, we've had a chance to sit down with most of them. Not yet all of them. Hinahabol pa namin. This coming, uh, this coming month, ngayon pala kami makapagsimulan nilet ng sarili namin din na victory group. You know, I, I, went, the, I, I went this to this first. You know, in the church, this is like our first victory group. <laughs> Uh, this is why the, the first victory group that God called us to be with. And we're still building with them. And I'm excited to build with them. I'm excited to be joined to them. I'm excited to build together with them. And I recognize that we together, this staff and the leader, these leaders of the church, God called us to be able to walk, to, to walk strong with each other. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So with that, allow me to conclude by saying that everything that we've talked about, about the believers and about the church, all of that is under Jesus, the banner that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. And Jesus being the cornerstone of the church, He is the one who's added us to the household of God. He's the one who has added us to, you know, and now he's, He is joining us together to become a dwelling place, a, a, a holy temple in the Lord. And He's now the one building us together to become a dwelling place for God. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.